Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world. If you don't already support us, you can do so by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you can click on one of our two friendly yellow buttons, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And thank you for your support. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Monday, January 8th, 2018. Oh, have we got a prophetic problem. It's uh, perfunctorily, profoundly bad. I, I can't get the alliteration to work. We got prophets contradicting each other, like all up in here. And some of the times the prophets are contradicting themselves. This is going to be a confusing 2018. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. And this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible, and compare. Compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. No shortage of crazy things being said out there. We take the time to open up God's Word to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolates, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the, the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine, that's teaching that's being put out there for consumption by Christians and evangelicals, it's far from biblical. It's just a complete load of nonsense. It's an utter mess. It's a travesty. It's, it's, um, it's unbelievable. And the reality is is that uh, people who call themselves Christians prefer it this way because, you know, you know, these false prophets and stuff, they got heart knowledge, you know, and that's so much better than you, you gunky head, pirate meanie head, you, and your head knowledge. <laughs> anyway, I think you get the idea. So, like I said at the beginning of the program, oh boy, we've, we, we've got a really awkward, thorny problem uh, that we've got to address today. And that is, is that we're getting more of these prophetic words for the year 2018. And some of them are literally contradicting each other. I, wow. Um, so what exactly is the uh, procedure that you go through uh, when you have two people claiming direct revelation from God uh, for the year 2018 or any other year? And the things they're saying are they they totally contradict each other i you know do, do you play uh, rochambeau you know the rock paper scissors game you know and uh 
and decide that way? Do you take photographs of the different prophets and put them on a table and then get two of those witching rods and, you know, whichever one the, 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 the rods cross, that's the person whose prophecy you go with? Or maybe if the rods cross, you have to throw that prophecy out. I, I don't know what the procedure is, but folks, this year, 2018, we have straight up contradictory prophetic words. Mm-hmm. One prophet saying one thing, another prophet saying another. It's crazy go nuts. So we're going to take a look at that. Now we're going to note that uh, Cindy Jacobs, we're going to start with her. Um, Cindy Jacobs has weighed in. It was yesterday. She finally actually released the 2018 word of the Lord. We uh, were able to find it. And, um, hmm, okay, she's claiming one thing, but what's interesting in the midst of her talking about this year's word from God, she actually contradicted the things she said last year regarding the word from God. Hmm. Yeah, weird how that works. So we got Cindy Jacobs contradicting herself, but then we also have Cindy Jacobs contradicting none other than Jim Baker. Um, and uh, and then we'll, we're we're going to hear from Jim Baker. We'll hear from Rick Joyner uh, and his 2018 prophecy for the uh, uh, for the year 2018. Uh, you know, and then we're going to hear from Kent Christmas. And uh, you know, it, we got a problem here. It, it, it's uh, whoa, yeah. Um, the prophets are contradicting each other, and uh, me being a, no longer a uh, uh, a charismatic, you know, it's been decades since I was a charismatic. I I don't remember the procedure for what you do when you come up with an awkward situation like this. I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> so let's just say it this way. Uh, first hour of today's episode of Fighting for the Faith, completely dedicated to dealing with uh, the the latest prophecies for 2018, highlighting the fact that we got straight up prophets prophets contradicting each other right now yeah it's it's a mess and um and then we'll you know throw it we'll just kind of announce them as we go because i got a backlog yeah it, it's a ginormous backlog of 2018 prophecies that we haven't even gotten to so you know it's kind of a mess so uh let's uh and then hour number two uh we're gonna head to Cindy jacobs church and we're going to listen to a sermon and review it titled Unlocking Your Dreams by uh, Jim Hennessy. Hennessy. And this is uh, from Cindy Jacobs' church. So this is one of her pastors. So, all right. So I think we understand what we're going to do today. Again, topic is a wee bit awkward. I mean, because, again, I, I just don't know the procedure here. Uh, but we got clear contradictory prophecies. So let's kind of set this up correctly. Here we go. Get up right now. Reaching out to 
Yeah, that's right. Robert Tilton to Baba Kanda. So first up in this really awkward uh, prophecy segment that we've got to do where we got conflicting prophecies, we're going to start by heading over to Cindy Jacobs Church, Trinity Church, Cedar Hill, as Cindy Jacobs reveals the word of the Lord for 2018. Yeah, uh, this was yesterday. And we're going to compare it to last year's word of the Lord and, you know, and check in with some of the other people claiming to receive prophecies. So uh, let's start off. Here's Cindy Jacobs from yesterday. Here we go. Amen. Well, you ready to hear about 2018? Say yes. I'm so glad because it's going to be a remarkable, remarkable year. Remarkable year. So there, there it is, folks. I mean, the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders has declared that, that 2018 is going to be a remarkable year. Yeah. God is getting ready to do such things as you cannot imagine. And I am so excited about this word. You know... Sometimes, as a prophet, you almost don't want to give the word for the next year because it's not really a good word. It's like you're going, oh, yeah, I don't think I want to give that at all. But, you you know, we, we, we're, we're exhorters, and so we give, you know, the encouraging word, the thing that, you know, that will help you make it through that terrible year. 2017 was a difficult year, huh? Anybody? Was it a difficult year? I mean, I've had more people tell me I am not sorry to close the door on that year. I mean, think about what's happened in America. You know, the floods, the fires, the shaking, the the division of the nation in many ways, people on all kinds of sides, even though we are the United States. And regardless what side you're on or how you feel, it's been a difficult, difficult time. Now, I, I got to throw a flag here on the play. I mean, we got a problem. Here she's described 2017 as this difficult year, fires, floods, shakings, division. Well, um, here's uh, Cindy Jacobs from January 3rd, 2017, and her word of the Lord uh, for the year 2017. And let's see if we see uh, if she foresaw all of the difficulty that we would be facing in the year 2017. I'm very excited to be able to present to you a compilation report of the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders, ACPE. Some of you may not be familiar what this group is, but we have been meeting since 1999. We first met in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And every year since then, we have gathered with a group of prophets to get the word of the Lord for the year. These are very seasoned prophetic elders. Five years ago, we added in seasoned prophetic elders. Yeah. Generation. Now remember, this is from 2017. Of young leaders, and they're just holding us wonderfully accountable as we're mixing the generations and we're holding them accountable. It's a really good thing to see that we will have legacy as a prophetic group. And so this is a word, and as I'm sharing, you have to understand, this is a, uh, the, Acts 13, 1 and 2, that says that the, they met at Antioch and 
No, this this is an Acts 13. <laughs> you like that at all. Holy Spirit said, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas. And so it wasn't one prophet speaking. It was the Holy Spirit speaking. So in this compilation report, we have agreed to these different words. And not one prophet is going to put their name on any part of the word, although we might issue individually what we've received. But this is something the Holy Spirit has spoken to us. And so the word of the Lord for 2017 is the breakthrough year. Very exciting. Many times we've had words that were not so exciting kind of where we felt more like prophets of doom and gloom, and not that things are not difficult still happening around the world. I also want to say as I'm sharing this breakthrough word that many times the prophetic word, as you know, is not limited to what we know as a chronological... So you'll note back in 2017, she claimed the year of 2017 is the breakthrough year, and she was excited because it was supposed to be a good thing. And yet yesterday, uh, she talked about 2017 in uh, less than breakthrough <laughs> terms. Huh. So uh, we got a problem here. The, the uh, Already the prophet Cindy Jacobs, by the way, she's uh, an apostle in the uh, NAR, <clears throat> self-appointed apostolate. Um, she is contradicting herself. Yeah, but let's listen a little bit more than the 2018 year. Uh, so going back to yesterday, so this is from yesterday again. Let's hear a little more details for what's supposed to be happening this year. We need to commiserate with each other. We need to love each other. But this coming year is a different kind of year. And so, but before I give that, I have a word for Trinity. I have a word for the whole. Here comes the psychic reading, individual for Trinity. World. And an exhortation to give you, and I'm, and always when I'm in this season, I just go, oh, help me, Jesus. How am I going to get that all in there? But we know he'll help me. But first I have a prophetic word. Mo, are you here? You, you have a prophetic word for somebody, and God hasn't told you they're even in the room you had to ask? <laughs> yeah, she's legit, you know. Come here. I don't think I've ever given you a word, have I? Maybe you have been to his restaurant. It's great. Serves great food. Let me give you a little plug for that. Midlothian, right? It's Midlothian. But the Lord would say to you, Mo, you are coming into a season of blessing and increase. It's been a hard time. It's been a hard season, but you have overcome and you have determined that you're going to stay with the Lord, even though there have been challenges. I don't know what's happened to you personally, but I see all kinds of challenges you've had at home and the business. But yeah, the- this is a non-confirmable word from the Lord. It's, it's spoken in all kinds of vagaries. And plus, she said the Lord would say to you. He's, she didn't say he is saying to you or he has said he would say, but that doesn't mean he did say, you know. Lord says, I am your future, and I have given you this ability. 
of hospitality. I have given you this ability to love people. And the Lord said, I did not give you that ability to go down. I gave you that ability to go up. And the Lord says, I'm going to show you a way to prosper on such a level that you will be just amazed because you also have a gift of giving. And you want to be able to give in greater ways than you have had the ability to do. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you new ideas. I'm going to give. Wow. Yeah. God's giving him new ideas. Well, that that's helpful. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Bummer he doesn't give me any, you know. New outlets. I'm going to show you what you could do. And the Lord says there's going to be a cutting away of some things. So I So a circumcision of sorts. <laughs> add some other things. Trust me in this season of that because the Lord says I'm going to move you to a different place. And I don't mean like, you know, away from this area, but I'm just, there's some moves you're going to make. There's some, there's some movement going on. Yeah. In, in this future, there'll be some movement you're going to do that will seem like leaps of faith. But the Lord says you will see in the end that it's a greater blessing than you could imagine. I'm going to show you how to do all this. I'm going to show you my great love. And the Lord says, I have pulled you out personally to tell you, I have seen your sacrifice. I have seen the things you have done that has cost you the things you have done in secret. I'm going to reward in open says the Lord. Uh, uh huh. That was vague. Amen. All right, I think you get the idea. Let's fast forward a little bit. She gives a full blown psychic reading for Trinity there in Cedar Hill. Prophesies over the leadership, and then finally, about you know halfway through gets around to revealing the details of the remarkable year that 2018 is supposed to be. Here we go again. This is the year 2018 in the Hebrew calendar. How many of you know that the Bible is a book of Hebraic thought? Raise your hand just like you knew it before I told you. Okay, so it's the year 5778 and that. And why do I say that? Because every, in the Hebrew... You know, you may you may not understand, but in the Psalms, it's written with different cadences many times, and not, so many numbers of verses will say so many different things. And uh, so, anyway, but this is a year that you will possess the gates of your future. This is a tremendous year. I'm going to use this attack. I'm going to possess the gates of my future. Tough to take that one to the bank. Don't even know what it means. This is 22, 17, and 18. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply. Now, what does that mean? This is a reiteration. Whenever the scripture says something twice, blessing, I will bless you. In other words, not just a normal blessing, not just a your daily needs blessing, but something beyond imagination. You see, if you don't have faith for God to do greater things, you're not going to see greater things. Are you understanding this? It's going to be a remarkable year, but you got to have faith. Faith, faith. you got to have a faith, faith. Yeah, for the greater things. They just ain't going to happen to you. Yeah. If you want to live some dumb, boring life, you know, every day, you know, just wait. You know, going to work, providing for your children and you know, raising them and stuff. That's a dumb, boring life. God apparently hates that kind of stuff. 
up and it's just crisis after crisis. Or you can make a decision. You can make a decision. This year is going to be different. If Satan sends a crisis in your life, bruise him on such a high Bruise Satan if he's trying to send crisis your way. Devil. Smack him around. Tell him he has... Yeah, you, you just manhandle that devil, man authority. He has no authority in your life. He has no authority in your family. He has no authority over you. Sickness cannot live in your family. Disease cannot live in your family. Poverty. No, it can't. You know, it's got to go. You you don't want it squatting there, you know. Cannot live in your family. You make a decision that he's going to put an X on your door. And if his little demons try to go into that door, he's going to say to them, oh, no, little demons. I tried to go into that door and 2018. And I'm telling you, we got so bruised. We got so beaten up. We don't go in that household. We don't try to attack that household. Yeah, the the devil's going to say no way to your household because, you know, 2018. Uh Uh-huh. Off limits. Amen. Say off limits. Off limits. Come on up there in the bleacher seats. Off limits. Man, this woman's like cleaning out my sinuses. Off limits. Amen. Amen. So blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply what your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand, which is on the seashore. Yeah, misquoting a promise given to Abraham, basically claiming that that's now a promise given to all of us in the year 2018. Your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. In 1991, a book I wrote came out called Possessing the Gates of the Enemy on Prayer and Spiritual Warfare. It's in 30 languages, and I just rewrote it for the fourth time. And it's coming out this year. I believe it's very significant that a book that has started prayer probably in every country of the world, and I'm, and I'm not using a superlative for that, and many, many nations is coming out again because God is ready to do something new, something so remarkable. And so... You, you republishing your book is not God doing something new. That sounds like leftovers. Just take this verse as your own. We are the seed of Abraham. We've been grafted into the vine. What does that mean when it says in Romans that we've been grafted into the vine? It means that what was the blessings given to the children of God, uh, the Hebrew children, blessings of God for Abraham, is now ours. The Bible says we'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. We'll be blessed in the fruit of our body. We'll be blessed in the vine. We'll be blessed in the city. We will be the head and not the tail. The tail gets dragged around. The head puts the direction of the body. So aren't you tired of getting dragged around and beat up? Come on. We need to determine that we are the head and that we're going to be the head. And that we're going to make Satan put that X on our door. Amen? Well, some of you have faith. Amen! So what do you do to possess these gates? Well, first of all, the Lord showed me that there are many gates that have been closed to you. There were gates of favor. Pastor just just prophesied about a year of favor. It is favor. It takes favor to open gates. I mean, what happens is gates will be open to you that you didn't earn. All right. So so there you go. It's supposed to be a great year, a good year. And we're going to possess the gates of our future stuff thingy. 
Right. So, um, but here's the issue, you know, and this is where it's going to get a little awkward. You know, my apologies. Again, we don't know the correct procedure for sorting this out. Jim Baker has um, given a prophetic word for 2018. And it it doesn't look good, folks. No, it's not the all blue skies and possessing the gates of your future stuff that we we heard from <clears throat> Cindy Jacobs. Here's Jim Baker to explain. We're in such a time of grace, but it's the time of being prepared for what's coming. Amen. Right. You, then by prepared, that means buy buckets of food from Jim Baker. And it's coming suddenly. Suddenly. And now the infographic on the screen literally says warnings for 2018. Suddenly it's coming. Suddenly. And God spoke to me. We would have a year of great distress. Whoa, 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 whoa. God told you it was going to be a year of great distress. Cindy Jacobs just said it's going to be like great and I'm going to possess the gates of my future. Uh oh. And it would begin at this period of time. And think of what we've been through in these last years. Yeah, I'm thinking. And God is trying to turn it around for us. He wants to, but he may not be able to do it. And over half of America don't want it turned around. That's right. They want what we. Notice the sappy music playing in the background. We want, they want to. I think he hired a lounge lizard piano player. Oh, our unborn children. They want to do the things that God says, don't do these things. I believe with all my heart that the beginning of sorrows has already started. 2018. It's already started, folks. The beginning of sorrows. (laughs) Cindy Jacobs says it's going to be a great year. Fantastic. Possess the gates of your future and stuff. Um, Jim Baker, the, the sorrows have already begun. I believe we're in that time. Matthew 24, 7 says, For nations shall rise against nation, kingdoms against kingdoms, and there shall be famines. Cinnamon against cinnamon. That means no food to eat, actually, in the modern English. Yeah, no food to eat. Yeah, those famines are coming. You better buy the the seven year survival pack from him. You know translation, and there'll be pestilences. They're here now. Yeah, this year the news this year has, you know, in in and out in the west they're building tents. That's right, FEMA to to isolate people because it's coming and because it's coming it ha- because That's of right. hepatitis A and B. Right, but so much is happening. In these these events that are taking place. The sorrow, famines, pestilence thingy. It's already started. 2018. It's not looking good. It's very bleak. And North Korea is capable of everything that our enemies have done in the past altogether. Mm, yeah. And you've got to watch the Olympics. I haven't talked about it i've even written it down but god's been saying pray for that the olympics that they're they're planning this isn't from science this is from what i feel god has spoken to me okay god has told jim baker 
something nefarious is going to happen at the Winter Olympics. They're they're planning a major, major event in the Olympics that will bring terror yeah. to this world and to, to all of it. All right. So it's a year of sorrows, pestilence, famine, and a terror attack during the Winter Olympics. Yep, that the uh, the prophet Jim Baker has spoken, and it's you know again this, this is awkward because what he's saying is the exact opposite of um, what Cindy Jacobs was saying about the year 2018. I'm not sure what to make of this. I'm confused. Do you flip a coin? What exactly is the procedure when uh, the prophets disagree with each other? I am, I am, <laughs> I, I just don't know what to do here. I'm very confused. Let's take our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. Many there at Pirate Christian. Quick break when we come back. More contradictory prophecies. We're going to be hearing from Rick Joyner and, uh, and others. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Peter, James, John, and Paul are all dead. That means there are no living apostles in the church today. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. Flying. They're flying the code orange flag. It's the SSF Audacity. This is our chance, men. This egregious foe has been plaguing the seas for long enough. Two arms! Man the battle stations and hoist the colors! Aye aye, sir. Man the battle stations and hoist the colors. drummer and man battle station. Aye, aye, sir. You heard the man. Get to work. Come on,
Captain, sir. They're turning to meet us. With this clear weather, we couldn't have had the element of surprise. Well, no matter. We have the wind on our side and our men are ready. We should be pulling up alongside them any minute now. Give me a status report! Sir, the enemy ship has us outgunned by at least three to one. The gunner's mates are reporting that we're running low on gunpowder and half the crew is suffering from Montezuma's revenge. Never fear, my good man, for it says that with God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. If you say so, Captain Furtick. They're now within firing range, Captain. Mr. Smithers, send them a... Hang on, let me do this myself. Send them a warning shot off of their port bow. Fire the cannons, I That was merely a warning shot, Captain. They could have very well have hit us. I think they wished for us to surrender to avoid bloodshed. Nonsense! You think we would surrender in an hour of triumph? God has clearly stated that no weapon formed against you will prosper. We can't lose! Let loose the cannons! But, but we're not within silence! If I wanted your opinion, I'd have given it to you. I say, fire! I've never seen a warning shot where they used all their cannons before. The blasted fool shot before he was in range. I can only assume that he means to not surrender. Quickly fire a barrage into the port side while they reload. Aye, aye, sir. Fire the cannons! God on my side. He said this to me, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Why Why aren't we firing our cannons? We've now lost half our cannons due to the last attack. Come on, men. We can't lose. Aye, aye, sir. Are they even trying anymore? By all accounts, I believe they are. Let's pull up alongside and see if we can't reason with them. It would be bad form to slaughter them without mercy. Hello, over there! Go away! We have nothing to say to you! I wanted to negotiate the terms of your surrender. My surrender? It is you who will be surrendering to us. What on earth is he talking about, Captain? Maybe he's suffering from malnutrition and heat stroke? No, I, I think he's serious. Now look here. You're outgunned with no way of winning. We wish to show you mercy. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Why is he quoting the Bible? No, a quote would require a context. What he's done is called proof texting. Enough talk, men. Ready? Aim. What was that? I couldn't hear you over the sound of your mass being demolished. But, but, uh, no! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Oh, would you look at that? Your rudder is gone, too. 
it'll be a little difficult for you to sail without it, don't you think? I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Is it me? Or is your ship now sinking? Nah, maybe it is me. The God of Peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. If it's all the same to you, I think we've lost this fight. I'm surrendering. Geronimo! Take me with you. I can't take another minute with this lunatic. Stop it! Stop it right now! All of you come back! We, we, we can't lose! We have God on our side! We shall prevail! We will... Well, that was surprisingly easy. Makes me wonder how they were even viewed as a threat in the first place. Most inept sailors to ever sail the seven seas. Exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich. (laughs) And what exactly do we do with heretics? Oh, we throw them in the boo box. No, no, no. We preach the gospel to them. What if, um, the heretic doesn't repent? Then we throw them in the boo box. (laughs) To err is to heretic. To R is to pirate. Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash Refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game Refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. Warning, uh, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that maybe these prophets aren't hearing from God. They all seem to be contradicting themselves and each other. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world, and you can partner with us. It is a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. We've added a third one in 2018. And uh, the first one says, join our crew. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. And you get to pick your rank in our crew. And it's based upon your monthly support. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's Mate at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month. 
Quartermaster, $99.95 a month. Joining our crew, like I said, great way to support us. Of course, if you'd like to make a one-time contribution, you could do so by clicking on the Donate button, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith. Send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And the last button says Become a Patron. You can now support us via Patreon. Great way to support us. Again, let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right, let's reset things here. We're checking in with the Prophets, we've, and they're contradicting each other. Um, Cindy Jacobs says it's going to be a great year. You're going to possess the gates of your future. No clue what that means. Jim Baker says the time of sorrows has already begun, and you got to prepare famine and pestilence and a terror attack at the um, at the uh, Winter Olympics uh, is what's on deck for us. So let's reset here. Uh, let's do this. So I was having this wedding and and. We have, we, well, we didn't have, we Shaba. Shaba. Mm, Shaba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaba. Oh. <laughs> Shaba. Shaba. Wow. Shaba. Headless, headless, toothless devil. All right, so that's Heidi Baker of the NAR, and uh, we're heading over to the uh, YouTube channel of um, Rick Joyner, and uh, he's an apostle, at least they think that he is, and uh, he has got his word for them for for 2018 from the Lord, and. Apparently it's good. It's it's really good. It's going to be a good year, according to Rick Joyner. Let's listen in. Eighteen, and it is going to be one awesome year. All right. So according to Rick Joyner, twenty eighteen is going to be one awesome year. Give us some details, Rick. And uh, <clears throat> you know, this is the beginning of the rest of our life. But um, <laughs> the beginning of the rest of our life. You know, when I woke up, you know, today, uh, that was the beginning of the rest of my life. Okay. I think it's going to be one of the greatest years overall that we've ever had in our lifetime in many, many ways. And uh, we just finished last night after midnight uh, our annual New Year's conference when we seek the the Lord for a word for the coming year. And we have different speakers come in that we think have a important part, important message for the coming year. And, uh, it was off the charts. I was going to try to do some rants while over there, but I just couldn't. There were too many people, um, that I need to talk to, wanted to talk to. And, uh, so love these gatherings. But if you were there, uh, thank you so much for coming. I think you will agree right away. Some of our staff start saying this may have been the best yet. And we have had some awesome New Year's conferences, but uh, convocations. And But it, uh, it was off the charts. And uh, I think that's where we're going. 
Remember Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond? All right, so 2018, it's the Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond year. Wow. It's like the heavens are open. There's no limit. How far do we want to go? How high do we want to go? And I'm so thankful for 2017. Uh, it was one of my best years yet personally. It was tough for Cindy Jacobs and the rest of uh, the United States of America, but for Rick Joyner, it was a great year. Even though at the same time I endured the worst pain I've ever had in my life around my leg and foot. And, you know, I had a knee replacement and they, they tried to straighten out my leg while they were in there. They said I was a little bow-legged. Well, it threw off some bones in my foot. And I had no idea your foot could cause that much pain. I never felt like it. And they said the knee would be the worst pain you've ever felt in your life or could feel. Well, the foot is way worse. But at the same time, I was having the greatest encounters with the Lord. And uh, I had some of the greatest I've ever had in my life this past 2017. And I've had some great ones. I've had some awesome ones. And most of you have read some of the books that came from those, the final quest and the call and the torch and the sword and the path and others. But this year, it was just on a whole new level. I feel like... 2018, we're going further and deeper. Um, I've got a whole lot of this year set up aside to be able to write these down and share them with you. And uh, I think they are uh, going to be a, a real blessing to many and also a word for many, direction for many, and clarity. All right. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great, a fantastic year. Um, let's check in. With the Kent Christmas prophecy for 2018, see what uh, he says the Lord is saying. Um, I'm going to read it to you. That's how God told me to do it. Okay. I've never done that before. It's a little different for me, but it's the direction that um, I feel that God wants to release this word tonight in that manner. This prophecy tonight is going to deal with the nation it's going to deal with the lukewarm. It's going to deal with the righteous. And it's going to deal with the wicked. If it doesn't apply to you, don't apply it to yourself. It starts out negative and it ends positive. So I don't want you to feel like, well, there's no hope when you begin to hear this word of the Lord. But this is something that uh, God has very, very clearly spoken to my spirit. And uh, I want you to hear what God has to say tonight to us as the body of Christ. The Lord says that I am now taking hold of the reins of the nations in the earth and of my body. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second there, buddy. Um, so the Lord is saying he's just now taking hold of the reins of the nations of the earth. Just now, what's he been doing <laughs> up until just now? You know, the, uh, part of the reason why I ask is, you know, Scripture actually says that, you know, <laughs> the Lord presently reigns, you know, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Have you heard of these concepts? And uh, and so, you know, I've got a problem because what you're saying actually contradicts the uh, the written word of God. Let me let me give you an example. An example would be found in the book of Romans. I, I believe Romans 13, 
yeah, uh, yeah, Romans 13. See if uh, any of this sounds familiar to some of you. Uh, Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Yeah, so it, you know, so you saying that God is saying that right now he's decided that he's just now gonna take the reins. That doesn't sound like the God of Scripture to me. That's weird. Body and the church. The season of men being in charge is over, and I am now going to perform my word of my prophets that they have declared for generations. To those in my house who are believers but have left your first love, either return unto me your passion or I'm going to remove your candlestick and I will give it to another. You better get your passion levels up or, or your candlestick just is kaput, you know. of My presence will no longer be in your life because you did not value the presence of the Lord. For Christians who no longer value my presence anymore and are lukewarm, and my house has not been a priority in your lives. I am going to withdraw from you this coming year, says the Lord. I have blessed the lukewarm, hoping that my blessings would make you love me more and want to spend time with me, but you have fallen in love with my blessings instead of me. I am now going to remove my protection that I have had in your lives and in your house. Whoa, whoa, there's protection removal stuff. Hedges are coming down, folks. Your family says the Lord and when you cry out to me I will not answer you in that day my people have run after preachers and prophets who have lied to them and said it's all right to be lukewarm and mm-hmm. yeah he's lying in the name of the Lord right now that's weird committed to me and make peace with sin in your life they have said I am only a God of grace and mercy, and though I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, I also take no pleasure in my people who honor me with their lips, but not with their hearts. For Christians who have known my holy presence and have been filled with my spirit, but have put no value on that privilege, I am 2018 beginning to root my presence from them, and I w- they will no longer even feel convicted for the ways that they go in that are no... Oh, yeah, this, this sounds like 2018 is a year of God's judgment. Wow, didn't see that one coming. I, Rick Joyner didn't see it coming, and Cindy Jacobs didn't. Whoa, I mean, what are we going to do here? Um, let's check in with uh, Daphne Mad- Madiara. And uh, she is uh, one of these people who has her own YouTube prophecy channel. And uh, she's going to give us the prophetic year, uh, word for the Lord for 2018. See if it jives with this other stuff. But then again, like everybody's contradicting each other. And some people are even contradicting the written word of God. It, this is really confusing. My channel. So I wanted to come on and share with you a vision that I was given. Um, concerning 2018 and this is not really a Wisdom Wednesday video but um, it's just to give you hope and insight into what is going to take place in the coming year. Yesterday morning um, as I was in prayer just you know thanking God for a new morning you know for his new mercies I began to have um, bouts of joy and um, you know laughter. She had bouts of joy and laughter you know while she was in bed, okay. My heart and my spirit, and I just thought, you know, it's just the refreshing, the morning refreshment from the Lord, and didn't really think much about it. And then um, 
the Lord began to show me a vision. In the vision, I saw people standing on podiums. These podiums were white and they were round podiums. Um, and as they were standing on these podiums, these podiums began to rise up. You know, there were different podiums and they just began to rise up. Ri- rising up podiums, yeah. And these podiums rose up to really great heights. Um, I would say rising up to the sky, really great heights. And they rose up. Great heights, yeah. Really tall stuff, yeah. Really quickly, really swift. Swift, yeah. It wasn't a gradual thing, but an instant rise. And when it rose... Right, if somebody was standing on those podiums, they would have been shot right up into the you know stratosphere. The podium itself expanded in height. So it, it rose up and expanded in height. Yeah. And as I was uh, seeing this, I began to have revelation and understanding of what it means. Um, these po- yeah, what does it mean? Podiums represented truth. They represented Christ. And also the people standing on the podiums, their feet were not moved or they didn't lose balance or they didn't fall. It's as if they were standing glued onto these podiums. Right. They didn't get shot in the atmosphere because there was glue on their shoes. Right. People were standing firm on truth. Yeah. Um, And I began to understand what it means. You see. What does it mean? I'm quite baffled. Normally in this uh, physical realm, when people are standing on podiums, it's normally at, at competitions, you know, like racing competitions, etc., yeah. uh, etc. Et and these people stand on these podiums because they're about to receive a price for, you know, the um, competition that they've won or the um, exercise that they've competed in. They're about to receive their prize. That's why they stand on these podiums. Um so 2018 is a year of promotion. It's a year of receiving a prize. A re- re- promotion and receiving. Receiving a blessing. Receiving. So it's a year of receiving a blessing. Right. Jim Baker disagrees. The Kent Christmas guy, yeah. A promise, a tangible um, thing, a, a tangible uh, blessing, a tangible uh, manifestation of. Not sure what she's talking about, but whatever it is. It'll be tangible. Uh, honor and favor, and it's a year of rising up. Uh, rising, yeah, rise, rise, yeah. Uh-huh. And I was given Deuteronomy 28, uh, verse 1 to 14. Uh, you, you were given that. Weren't we all given that? It really describes what this vision meant, and um, it's important. Jeremiah describes your vision and and interprets it. Who, who knew? To understand that these people were standing on truth. This is why they rose up. And if you don't stand on truth in, in the next coming year, if you don't stand on the word of God, you might miss what he is going to do. 2018. Right. You might miss it, though. So you make sure you're standing on it. Sort of like a millennial year. It's not a year that you can say, well, I'm going to spend December preparing for 2018. It's sort of a year that everything that you have prepared for, every fast that you've made, every warfare prayer is sort of going to manifest in that year. Um, right. That year, it's sort of going to manifest thingy, right? Not something that you can prepare for now. But no, it's something that no, you, you got to prepare. You can't even prepare for it at the moment. You, you just have to to do it when the thing comes, yeah. I've prepared for, 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 for many years because there are people who have been in the desert for so long, and they, but they're coming out in 2018. Right, yeah, they're, they're tired of that desert living.
2018, they, they, the desert people <laughs> will be um, yeah, coming out. Okay, let's um, check in with another word of the Lord. Uh, Heather Kernu, um, yeah, uh, let's see what she has to say about uh, what's going on right now. Here, here we go. Hi. Hi. Well, yeah. it's time for that prophetic word for the month. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I knew it was coming. It's like clockwork work with you, yeah. Of January 2018. Yeah. And I know I'm a few days late, but... Yeah, she was a little tardy, too. I mean, so was Cindy Jacobs, so I guess you're in good company. I, I just wanted to make sure I heard from the Lord... Right. How do you go about making sure? 100%. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about what I have to share with you today. I, I'm sure you are. Okay. So t- tonight it, it is is really exciting because I really felt the Lord tell me that the month of January is one of favor and discovery for his children. Right. So... Uh, 20, uh, January 2018, favor discovery, right? He's releasing unprecedented favor. Right. Okay, let me go back to Kent Christmas. Hang on a second. Let's see what Kent has to say. No longer right. I have never asked my children to be perfect just to be holy, not to love the world or the things that are in the world. Yeah, that's weird. I seem to recall um, scripture says, be ye perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Just saying, that's an actual biblical verse. Don't believe me? Look it up. To love me first. When the lukewarm have sold their souls for in the church, I'm now going to take from them. I'm going to give it to my children who have lived for me at any cost. There's going to be a great change in the value system in the house of God. I am not releasing this word, says the Lord, because I'm looking for people to repent. I am releasing this word because I'm absolving myself of the blood of the lukewarm on the day that you step. God's forgiving himself of the blood of the lukewarm. That's what an absolution is. Yeah, that sentence doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm 100% positive this guy's not actually hearing from God. Look in the eyes of your holy father. So he who is holy, let him be holy still. And he who is unclean, let him be unclean. Starting in the year 2018, I'm going to begin to remove many churches in this nation who have made my house a house of merchandise and have caused my presence to be hid from my sheep. Uh-oh, uh-oh, yeah, those people at Ken Copeland's church better pay attention. God's, like, getting up in their business here, and, uh, you know, Ken Copeland, gone. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, Joel Osteen and those guys gone. I mean, wow, God, God's threatening to just snuff them out here. A house shall be called a house of prayer, says the Lord, and not a den of thieves. My house shall be a hospital, saith the Lord. It shall be filled with the bruised, the broken, and the needy. And though my house has been filled with many, it's not been filled with those whom my spirit has reached out to. This final move I am now releasing in the earth, says the Lord. Final move is being released right now. It is not a move that's going to have mixture 
here, but it will be a move of the pure presence of myself and of the Shekinah glory of God. I am now releasing my glory and my presence in the earth because the harvest is now ready, says the Lord. And I have been waiting for laborers to put the harvest in. I now say unto the church. I see. God's been waiting for laborers. Yeah. That's a little awkward. Um, okay, so, yeah, call me cynical, but I'm 100% sure that guy isn't hearing from God. Let's check back with Heather here. Bless you yeah. from his heart right into your heart. Yeah. The focus is to bless you and supernaturally to empower you and and just give you a brand new sense of hope for in him and hope for the future. Yeah. I don't know what that means. All right. Let's check in with um, Jennifer LeClaire. As uh, you know, she at the Awakening House of Prayer down there in South Florida. Uh, this is her preaching um, and releasing the prophetic word for 2018. Uh, here we go. Put first place. The Holy Spirit should be allowed to express himself. These are the opening words for the message there at the Awakening House of Prayer. Church, we should not box him in. We should not put a timer on him. And Don't put a timer or a box on God. Yeah, the, that would be bad. When the alarm goes off, it's like, sorry, Holy Ghost, go back in the box. <laughs> we feel like he should, you know, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Right. Amen. So we believe that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And where the spirit of the Lord is... His gifts will manifest. And so that is our typical church flow here uh, at Awakening House of Prayer. We make room for him. We lay hands on people. We believe in speaking in other tongues. How many of y'all speak in in other tongues? Amen, most of you. Yeah, Scripture's clear that uh, not all speak in tongues. So um, we got a problem because what she just said there is contradicted by the tail end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. By the way, on our uh, new YouTube channel, channel. Actually, it's the same one we've had for a while, uh, but we're adding new content. I added my uh, debunking the uh, two Pentecostal distinctives lecture from the 2017 Pirate Christian Radio Conference, and you can listen to it there at YouTube, by the way, uh, with you know, if you want to listen to it, but we continue. Rest to you, uh, we'll just uh, do some hands and feet ministry on you later, get you filled and ready to run. <laughs> I'm not going to talk for a long time because tonight I want it to be uh, just as much or more uh, about impartation for you. You know, many of you came hungry. You came hungry. Did anybody come that's not hungry? Because I'm going to ask you to leave. You know, Jesus, those who had unbelief, he put them out. Yeah, so the things will get you thrown out of the awakening house of prayer would be skepticism, not believing her and stuff, yeah. There was a there was a dead woman. They said, "Ah, she's dead." He's like, "No, she's just like, ah, she's dead." And he made him get out. Yes, so did Peter. So if you're not hungry, here's the rules. We only have three rules. If you're not hungry, if you've got a Jezebel spirit, or if you've got a religious spirit, you gotta go. All right, Jezebel spirit, not hungry, and uh, religious spirit. You got you, you're not welcome at the Awakening House of Prayer. Got Repent, it. Repent, you gotta go. And I'm kind of testing it right now. Some of you looking at me like, okay, I can see that religious spirit on you. You can stay a little while longer, maybe it'll fall off. Some of you are like, I don't know what I just got myself into. That's all right, put your seatbelt on. We're going for a ride. Amen. 
She is not opening a Bible. That the Lord gave me. There's three words that he gave me. And I'm going to read them to you. I'm going to talk a little bit about them. And then we're going to go back into this prayer. So you need to be prepared. You need to hear what the Lord is saying. Now the Lord has probably spoken. How many of you the Lord has given you a personal word spoken to you in a still small voice for your life this year? Uh, what? See, just a relative handful comparatively. And so that's, that's the, and that's okay. There's no shame in that. Um, the, if you raised your hand and said, yes, there should be shame in that. Nowhere in scripture we told God will do that. But there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. See, the enemy wants to make sometimes make you feel like, well, I can't hear from God. You know, one time a, a young woman who I was mentoring, she kept she came to me. She said, well, I can't hear from God. I can't hear from God. I can't hear from God. And so you I can always hear from God. Open up your Bible and read it and you will be hearing from God. I would explain to her, you know, how, you know, my sheep know my voice, the voice of another will not follow. You can hear from God, you know, you know, just quiet your soul. And I was teaching her and equipping her. She came back to me one day and she said, the devil told me I can't hear from God. And so I said, hold on a second. So, so you're hearing in the spirit just fine. Just change the channel. Just switch the dial. See, we don't have any trouble at all hearing from the devil, do we? Sometimes we think it's us, but you know, somebody, you know, you know that, you know, when you hear that, you know, you're, you're never going to be, so you know, that's not you. Sometimes it seems harder to hear from God. And so we do need prophets in the body of Christ Amen. to equip believers to hear from the Lord. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I can do without any of these prophets because they're all contradicting each other. Can't seem to get a radar fix on what God is saying from any of them but also to share what the Lord is saying at a corporate level. This word, if you'll accept it tonight, will start in your life, or I should say accelerate in your life, a process that's already underway. How many of you could use an acceleration? Amen. Yeah, yeah. It's just apparently we all need accelerations. Yeah. You pray. Father, I thank you for the anointing of the Spirit of God. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit that dwells here in this place. God, help me to articulate, navigate the word that you've shared with my heart to share with your people. Help me, Lord, to expound on the points that need to be expounded upon and to, to be concise and accurate in your spirit. Lord, give your people ears to hear what your spirit is saying and to apply it to their life in a way that's meaningful and unique to them. Help us, God, to stay on one accord. I break and bind all distractions, all spirits of offense. Yeah, she was breaking and binding a distraction. She'd break and bind herself. She's a big distraction. All spirits of... Well, whatever spirit's not of you that, that comes to steal from us, God, we break and bind it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. The key word is metamorphosis. That's the first word. All right, so metamorphosis. Big key word for 2018. I was in, I was taping the Jim Baker show in Missouri, or as they used to say, Missouri, Missouri, and I was there, and they had condos there on the on the uh, com in the complex, and I, I got up, I took a shower, and I was sitting on the couch, and I heard the Lord say, a metamorphosis is underway, and he said to me, you've gone through a metamorphosis, now it had been an extremely rough year, really more than a year, really, really rough. 
But let me tell you something tonight. There's a reason for your struggle. Yes, absolutely. Be encouraged. There's a reason for your struggle. Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. You know that when a butterfly, when a, when a, when a caterpillar is born, it eats and it eats and it eats. And then at some stage when it's fully grown, it goes into what's called a chrysalis. And in this chrysalis, it almost... Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Learned it in kindergarten, by the way. It's hidden from the world. You, you wouldn't know there was even anything inside. It's motionless. It's still. It hangs there. Some of you have felt like God has just put you on hold, put your life on pause. You're just, you're just, you're in a drawer or you're on a shelf. You wonder, does God even notice that I'm here anymore? Does he even hear my prayers? There's something called a dark night of the soul. When you go through such trials where you, you can't seem to hear God's voice, you, you can't seem to remember the right word, the right scripture, and you've got Job's friends all around you that want to tell you that you've sinned, what you've done wrong, da 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 if any of Job's friends are here, please exit stage left. I don't like Job's friends. They're mean. A metamorphosis is underway. And I almost, I texted Prophet Vanessa and I said, man, the Lord told me, he said, a metamorphosis is underway. I've just gone through a metamorphosis and I was going to do a, a Facebook Live on it right then because I was so fired up by the word. This was last July. But I knew that it was to incubate. I knew that it was to, to, to roll over my spirit. I knew that it wasn't time. And see, part of maturing in the prophetic is knowing when it's time to release a word and when it's time to pray, to pray it through. Many people ask me, how do I know when, when I'm supposed to, you know, if I'm supposed to release this prophecy, am I not supposed to release this prophecy? I always say that the same Holy Spirit that gave you the prophecy will tell you when to release it. You sure you guys are hearing from the Holy Spirit? So acceleration, metamorphosis. And by the way, the third word that she claims that God wanted her to release for 2018 is innovation. Now, this is weird. We got, you know, Jim Baker saying it's the end of the world. I mean, literally. I mean, the time of sorrows has begun. Famine, pestilence, terror attack at the uh, Winter Olympics and Cindy Jacobs and others are saying it's all good and, uh, you know, things are, are great and uh, it's going to be a great year. And then, you know, you got the stand on the truth blessing thingy and, you know, none of these prophecies align with each other. Many of them contradict each other. And we've already noted that um, several of these people who claim to be prophets have contradicted the written word of God and actually contradicted themselves from year after year stuff going on. Yeah, um, I'm pretty much convinced at this point uh, we can do without any of these prophecies uh, because I do not know the procedure, and I, and you know, maybe that's just me. I don't know the procedure for figuring out when you have contradictory prophecies like this, which one am I supposed to listen to and which one am I supposed to discard so I'm going to go with let's discard them all. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. All right, we're up on our second break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at Pyre Christian. Quick break. When we come back, we're heading to Cindy Jacobs Church. Listen to a sermon titled Unlocking Your Dreams. Yeah, stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. 
This might feel like theological waterboarding, but you'll get used to it. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. High Ridge Christian Radio Theater presents Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some... You're listening to Byron Christian Radio. This is Dr. Curtis Lyons. I am the presiding pastor of the American Association of Lutheran Churches. If you are seeking a church that believes that the Holy Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of God and accepts the Lutheran confessions because they are the right interpretation of Holy Scripture, I hope that you will take a look at the AALC. Also, if you are considering a vocation as a Lutheran pastor, our seminary has a residency program and a program available online. This is Curtis Lyons inviting you to take a look at the AALC. Check us out at taalc.org or on Facebook at the American Association of Lutheran Churches. Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. All right, we're back. Our number two, Fighting for the Faith. Decided to take the occasion since we listened to Cindy Jacobs at her own church. We thought we'd throw in a sermon review and see what her pastor's like. How much you want to bet he can't handle a biblical text well either? <laughs> All right, let's do this right. The good, the bad, the ugly. We review it all here at Fighting for the Faith. Word equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. Today's sermon comes to us via Trinity Church Cedar Hill. This is where Cindy Jacobs attends church. This is one of her pastors, Jim Hennessy. The name of the sermon, Unlocking Your Dreams. Well, yeah. I can't seem to recall any biblical text that gives me the steps to unlock my dreams 
But I'm sure Jim Hennessy, I mean, being that this church is part of the New Apostolic Reformation, I mean, totally above board. I mean, he'll rightly exegete and just be spot on and proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins and stuff and, you know, preach Jesus and him crucified and stuff. I sound cynical. (laughs) And the reason for that is because I am... Let me go ahead and back off on the music. Without any further ado, here's Jim Hennessy, one of the pastors of Cindy Jacobs, and Unlocking Your Dreams. Here we go. A couple of weeks, uh, not yeah, when I get to preach, we're going to talk about Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. And um, Hebrews 10, great passage of Scripture. Why do I feel like you're going to miss the point? I've just been studying it a lot during the holidays. There's a lot to say here. I want to read verses 19 through 25 out of Hebrews 10. It says, therefore, brother... Hebrews 10, 19 through 25? I'd call a flag on the play. Uh, yeah, Hebrews 10. Uh, he, he starts at 19, which begins with the word, therefore. Yeah, you see, when you see the word, therefore, you kind of want to know what it's there for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hebrews 10 is one of these passages that teaches us about how types and shadows work, how the Old Testament points us to Jesus. Yeah, Hebrews 10 is one of these passages that explicitly points us to Christ. Hebrews 10, 1. Let's just do this, you know, for a lark, if you would. Uh, Hebrews 10, 1. Context, context, context. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. In other words, the Old Testament sacrificial ceremonial laws all were type and shadow. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshipers have once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That's right. The Old Testament sacrifices of the Mosaic Covenant never took away away sins. This text says it's impossible for them to do so. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second, in order to do away with the first covenant, the Mosaic covenant, in order to establish the new covenant. And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And... Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, mm -hmm, Jesus offered once and for all a single sacrifice for sins, and then he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Great text that shows us the, the extent, the magnitude, and the depth of the forgiveness of sins by Christ's atoning sacrifice on the cross. Yet penal substitution, all of that. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them, 
After those days, declared the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and write them on their minds. And then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. For where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. That's the context immediately before 19. 19 then is where Hennessy is going to pick up. Therefore, yes, he knows that therefore is there for the, to remind us of what we just read about the forgiveness of our sins. Christ once for all sacrifice as opposed to an in juxtaposition to the animal sacrifices of the Old Covenant. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, notice the confidence comes by the grace and mercy won by Christ on the cross, by the new and living way that he has opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Notice the baptismal reference there. Let us hold fast then the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. All right. We now see the context. We know what's going on in the greater part of Hebrews 10. It's, I mean, the the verses preceding what uh, Jim Hennessy is going to point us to all point us to Christ and his atoning, propitiatory, penal substitutionary death on the cross for our sins, and through that, you know, us being sprinkled clean, having a clean conscience because of what Christ has done for us, he is going to then say what exactly? Sisters, since we have confidence, do you have confidence today? Confidence to enter the presence of God, do you have that? Of course, I'm forgiven, blood-bought. The Bible says you do. So since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the body of Christ. Wow. And since, here's another thing, since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. Anybody want to vote for that? Would you like to draw near to God in 2018? Let us draw near to God with a true heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised... Is faithful. Yes, God is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Now that's 19 through 25. The theme verse for 2018. I'm not going to preach it today, but I'm going to tease you with it just a little bit. This is, this is going to be our theme verse. Every Sunday when I preach, we'll say this together. We're not going to say it together now. You're just going to listen while I read it because I need to show you where the emphasis is. All right. Need to highlight some of the words. So do not throw away your 
confidence. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Don't throw away your confidence. You're going to get a reward for your confidence. You need to, oh, see, you're going to say it anyway. You, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. This will be our theme verse for the year. This is God's, God's word. You may be seated. So just before Christmas, uh, maybe you saw this in the news. Mary Hormansky, Hor- Hor- I think I said that right. Hormansky. Mary Hormansky received her power bill. Did you see this? $284,460,000,000. Her power bill. But the company was gracious and was going to give her until November of this year to to pay her bill. However, her monthly minimum payment would be $28,156. That's a lot of, that's a lot of bill. Well, um, they corrected the bill and come to find out it was actually $284.46. But I like the quote from Mary. Mary said, Mary said, I told my son, what I want for Christmas is a heart monitor. That one almost did me in. (laughs) What did you face last year that almost did you in? Beck and I had a conversation with uh, the tailor that she uses and her tailor said that her husband had put all of their money in a business venture, opened a new restaurant, and lost it all last year. Janine was in a car wreck and has had how many surgeries so far? Six. Are, are we done with that text? Because what you're talking about has nothing whatsoever to do with what Hebrews 10 was talking about. And surgery, five, five surgeries. Carol lost her husband. Houston had a hurricane. Man, we could spend a lot of time talking about all the things that happened, but not just what did happen that required your heart to be monitored. What what will happen in 2018? Because I'm going to tell you the truth. There's some storms headed this, this way, and I don't know. What power are you going to have to face this year? But Cindy Jacobs at your church said that everything's going to be great. It's going to be a fantastic year. And you just said storms are heading our way. (laughs) They contradict themselves even at the same church. I'll just ask it plain. Do you think you need a heart monitor for 2018? The answer is yes. You actually do. We need monitors for our heart. The Bible says since ancient times, I love that phrase, Since ancient times, God has been announcing his intentions for us to live the most unique, powerful, overcoming, victorious life. Isaiah 64, 4 says, since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has... What text did you just quote there? I'm not familiar with that passage. No, I have seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. I love that verse. Because God, 
God is saying, I want you to have a good year. I want you, does anybody believe that? God, God said, I want you to be blessed this year. I want you to experience things that your eyes have not even seen. I want you to hear things that your ears have never heard. I want you to contemplate things that have never entered your mind before. But when Isaiah prophesied that to his contemporaries, frankly, they never really They never really entered the life that Isaiah was describing for them. And mainly for one reason. The main reason that Isaiah's friends never came into this vision of an overcoming life was simply because they were living in captivity. The people that Isaiah was writing to, they were were captured. There were enemies that were constraining the worship of the people. And, you know, I I don't need to remind you, do I, that you have an enemy who is like a roaring lion. He's seeking to, can I preach the truth to you this morning? He wants to devour you. You have an enemy, you know, and and, and there's a lot of believers. They're not in this service. They all come to the nine o'clock service, but there's some believers who just frankly are not living the potential that God intends for them because they're living in some captivity. They're living in some captivity. One of the ways that you know that you're living a captive life It's when you stop dreaming, when you stop hoping. That's what I'm living a captive life if I stop dreaming. What text says that? And what does this have to do with Hebrews 10? I think the direct result of a heart that's been captured, because you know what? The the specialty of the Holy Spirit is visions and dreams. The specialty of the Holy Spirit is to take us to, to see the glory of the Lord. How many we're gonna we're gonna leave that service? The specialty of the Lord is dreams and visions. Jesus said when he would send the Holy Spirit, this is in the Gospel of John, that the Holy Spirit would convict the world of sin and unbelief. It doesn't Jesus never said that when I send the Holy Spirit, he's he's gonna oh specialize in, you know, dreams and visions and stuff and and you sit there, well, what about in uh, Joel, you know? Yeah, that's twisting it out of context. Jesus said the work of the Holy Spirit would be to glorify him and to convict the world of sin and unbelief. Song going in our brain, right? Show me your glory. I mean, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Take you from glory to glory to glory. But the problem, the reason so many believers' dreams stay small is not because there are dens of lions or, or fiery furnaces that we have to navigate or Pharaoh making us bake more bricks than we have the straw for. The limitations that most of us are dealing with regarding our dreams and our vision, they're on the inside. The limitations are in our heart. What our heart sees, what our heart hears, what our, what our heart is contemplating. It's our attitude. You see, so the very first step to unlocking your dreams for the next year is unblocking your heart. Somebody needs to have- Yeah, you know, if you want to unblock your dreams, you got to unblock your heart. Do you have heart blockage? <laughs> Maybe you can get like a dream destiny stint thing put in for, yeah, you know. 
courage today to say, you know what? There might be something inside me that's holding me back. There might be something I'm holding on to that's, that's keeping me from going forward. Not your whole heart, just maybe a part of your heart, a portion of your heart. But church, if you see yourself missing out today on the benefits of, of God's covenant love, if you're living more depressed than you are joyful, I mean, if you believe that the best season of your life is already past, if, if somehow you, you believe that God's love is just a doctrine or a concept, and you're not actually tasting and seeing the love and the wonder of God. We we need to do something about our heart. We need to do we need to get a heart monitor because the Bible says above all else. Right, yes. Okay. He's not really exegeting any text. He's just filling these people's heads with nonsense. Why am I not surprised? I mean, this is one of Cindy Jacobs pastors. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because out of your heart flow the issues of your life. Out of your heart flow flow your dreams, your visions, your hope, your 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 destiny. So I have a thesis for the sermon. Imagine that. Yeah, out of your heart flows your destiny. Right. Says no biblical text anywhere. I have a thesis, and it's simply this: God, from ancient times, God wants to. Lead us into new level, new life levels. He, he, he wants so much more. Than- so his thesis is that God wants to lead us into new life levels. Right. Biblical text for that, please. Where we're currently living more than our heart, more than our minds and our eyes and our ears have, have experienced. But our, but our heart is, our heart creates a captivity. Our heart. Yeah, God wants to, but our heart. Yeah. Finds a blockage. How many of you know this to be true? Nothing can stop God. Nothing can stop God except the human heart. Yeah, which text says that exactly? I'd like to see it, please. Right? Remember, Jesus could only do a few small miracles in his hometown. And remember, we... Yeah, that doesn't actually prove your thesis. This this was one of the series last, last year was that, you know, they limited the Holy One of Israel... How can that happen? God's people limiting his, his ability to do what he desires to do. So I've come today to ask you a very simple thing. Don't, do not go for, I won't use contractions because we have English teachers. Do not go forward into the new year with blockage in your heart, with captivity in your heart. Don't, don't give the controlling power of your dreams to your memories or your fears or your self-pity. But What does this have to do with anything? Which doctrine is this and where in Scripture is this taught clearly? Come, what I'm here to do today is reset my heart for the new things that God has for me this year. Reset. I love that word. I, I love playing those games. And- yeah, so reset your heart. And where does Scripture tell me the procedure for doing that? You know, you try to throw the, toss the paper into the garbage can and the wind blows it and you miss about three times. You can just push reset and start over again. How many, how many of you believe that this is a God who lets you start over again? I'm so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, which text says that about God? Oh, so let's talk about let's talk about um, monitoring our heart a, l- a little bit. Uh, the theme verse, and and we'll get to it not not today, but we'll get to it. The theme verse basically says, <clears throat> lasting change requires a persevering heart. 
Lasting change requires a heart that, that endures. How many of you have already signed up for your new gym? You, you already got your exercise class lined up, right? You, you, you already got that? You, can I just give you some good advice? Working out three times is not going to produce lasting change. Right? I mean, you go, you know, three times is a start, but you have to have some, some stay with it. You have to have some, you know, some habits. You have to make going to the gym a, a regular part of routine. Well, there are habits in your heart. This is worth coming to church for right here. What you regularly practice in your heart makes you the person that you are today. What you regularly, not just once or twice or three times, what you regularly practice in your heart makes you the person that you are today. And if you're, if there are parts of your heart that need new habits, then, you know, let's ask the Holy Spirit to, to do that. Some of you might even be here and need a brand new heart. Can I tell you, God's really into making new hearts. He can, he can do that as well. Verse 22 says, if we're going to draw near, we need to draw near with a sincere. Are you guys doing okay? I'm just watching this clock and it's making me want to talk fast, but I think I'd rather talk slow and not cover it all if I have to. So, so just stay with me a little bit. Okay. Um, verse 22 says, if we're going to draw near, we need to do it with a sincere heart or true heart. You know, if we're going to monitor our heart, let's start with that. Let's, is our heart true? Are the affections of our heart aligned with the purpose of our life? See. Do we love do we love the best things the most and the and the less things the, the, the a little bit a aligned little bit. with the purpose of our life? Hmm. How about aligned with the law of God, which reveals God's perfect will for us as far as how we're to live our lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, notice the difference. Less, because that, that's really what a true heart is, is making sure that my heart is being energized by the beauty of Jesus, that I'm most attracted to him. And, and if we're... What does it mean to be have my heart energized by the beauty of Jesus? I'm not sure what that means. That sounds like nonsense. Begin a new year, and we are just hours away. We're going to begin a new year. The main thing I've come to ask today is that we would take responsibility for our heart. Listen, you cannot blame somebody else for the condition of your heart. Things are going to happen. Circumstances are going to come. You cannot control what happens to you, but you must, you must be responsible to your reaction for the things that happen to you. You, you must take responsibility for your heart. Amen. So, so how to monitor your heart or how to unblock your heart in order to unlock your destiny. These are just some habits that we need as we go into the new year. Right. We just need some habits to, you know, unlock our destiny thingy. Right. Notice no biblical text actually says the things that he's saying, including the text he uh, is trying to make it look like he's exegeting. Some regular things we need to do to make sure that our, that our dreams are at their um, maximum opportunity. Number one, are you ready? There's three. I'll do two and then just mention the third one. Okay, are you ready? You don't, you don't seem ready. I don't want to make you beg, but I just want to make sure you're, are you ready? Number one, monitor. Here's a heart monitor. Monitor what you hate. You, okay, so step one. You got to monitor what you hate. Mm-hmm. I hate false teaching. I hate when people mangle God's word and teach false doctrines like this one. Monitor what you hate. Somebody said hate changes your heart more than love. It may be true. Hebrews 10, 5. I'm in Hebrews 10, verse 5. When Jesus came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings 
you no longer desire. In burnt offerings and sin, you had, you have no pleasure. That's a nice way of the, the author of Hebrews saying, God used to be into sacrifices and offerings, but he lost his desire for them. God never changes. But what used to work isn't working anymore. In fact, what used to work is limiting what God actually wants to accomplish. The Bible says that God changed what he desired. I don't know if there's anything in your life, if you've ever had anything in your life and you desired it for a season, but then you quit desiring it. And yet, even after you quit desiring it, it was still hanging around. I'm not talking about your marriage or anything like that. I, actually, the thing I'm thinking about is NFL football. Like I used to, I used to desire it. I used to, I used to worry about, you know, making sure I could watch it and I kind of lost my desire. But every time I turn the TV on, it's still around there. Well, God, God says those old rituals, those old things, we needed them for a season. You know, they, they help people understand some things about sin and so forth. But God is pretty direct here. He says, I don't even want these anymore. He's like, I, I, I don't even, I don't even, I, these need to be replaced, is what he's saying. Sacrifices and offerings, they, they're done. They, what is it today? This is the question. What is it today that is in your heart? Its season is gone. It is undesirable and it's still hanging around inside your heart. Because I'm going to just say it really plain. I'm going to say it to try to shock you a little bit. If there's something in your heart that its season has passed, it's still there, but you don't desire it to be there, it needs to be hated. It needs to be hated. Psalm 119 Verse 112, the psalmist said, I inclined my heart. I I studied that word. I set my heart. I reset my heart. I'm monitoring my heart. And then here's the very next sentence that comes. After he says, I inclined my heart, he says, I hate the double-minded. I hate it. And I know you're not supposed to talk about hate in church because Christians are supposed to love all the time, but I'm just telling you, it's right there in the Bible. He says, there's some things you're just going to have to hate. You want to monitor your heart? There's some things you're going to have to hate. One day, King David, David who killed Goliath, he received some news. And the news was that his rebellious son, Absalom, had been killed by his friend Joab. Maybe you've heard this story in the, in the Bible before, but Absalom was, he would have illegally taken his father's throne. He would have actually killed David. But Joab, David's best friend, found Absalom hanging by his hair in a tree. Have you heard this story before? He's riding, they're in a war, but I guess he's riding so fast he's not paying attention and his long hair gets hung up in the tree and he's just hanging there. And Joab, when Joab finds that, that Absalom is hanging in the tree, he doesn't do it, but he has his servant do it. He says, put a sword through him, kill the rebellion guy. And when, and when Joab, this is a lot of names. When Joab killed Absalom, David went into a funk. Oh my goodness. He couldn't even be the king anymore. He's just, he's just pouting. He's just leaving the whole nation. The destiny of the nation is at risk because David has allowed something in his heart that's not supposed to be there anymore. And Joab comes along to David and he says, King, you better take hold of your heart. And then he said this, this is the phrase. He says, David, the problem is you love your enemies and you hate your friends. You love your enemies. Yeah, but. In this case, his enemy was his own son. I, I think we could understand that betrayal uh, cuts deep. 
you hate your friends. He said, David, it seems to us you'd be happier if we all died. And Absalom, the guy who's trying to destroy your throne and destroy the destiny of God's people, you'd be happier if he stayed around. I don't know what this story does for you, but I kind of understand this scene because it seems like David is confused between what his heart loves and what his heart hates. I I think I get this because I love pecan pie. Can I I preach to you a little bit? I, I love pecan pie, but I hate the consequence of loving pecan pie. Does that make sense? I love feeling sorry for myself. But I hate what feeling sorry for myself does to my heart. I was listening to this guy got hold of me a couple of weeks ago and he started telling me all this gossip about this pastor that we both knew. And he started telling me all this stuff about him. And what I found about my heart is I love juicy gossip. But then I hated what the gossip did to my heart because it affected the way I felt toward the guy that I had heard. Is this making any sense to you? Joab is basically asking this question. He's like, David, why do you have affection for destruction? Why why do you find beauty in the thing that harms you? And again, I know you're not supposed to talk about hate in church, but if you want your heart to be unblocked, you got to hate depression. You can't just go, oh, I'm depressed today. You, you have to rise up. The psalmist says, I hate when I'm double-minded. I do too. I hate when I'm double-minded. I I hate when I withdraw because somebody criticizes me. I hate when I hear myself whining and complaining instead of declaring the victories of, of, of the Lord. I don't know, again, if this is connected with you, but I've come today to ask you at the beginning of a new year. Do- yeah, I don't think double-mindedness is learning how to hate depression. It's kind of missing the whole point. I, don't you think it has something to do with hating the world, hating the sin, the devil, his values, things like that. You just, just say it. A hate list with me. I hate poverty. I, I just, I just gotta do something. About, I hate racism. I hate self-righteousness. I hate cancer. I hate self-deception. I hate the shedding of innocent blood. Come on, church. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. It has not entered into our hearts yet the things that God wants to do for us. But if our affections stay toward the things that harm us, we are blocking the dreams that God is offering us. We're blocking dreams. Don't you think loving the things that God hates is sin and could ultimately send us to hell? God God wanted the children of Israel to hate Egypt because if they didn't hate Egypt, they'd end up going back to Egypt. If you're going to monitor your heart this year, monitor your heart for the destructive things that you still have affection for. Number two, if you're going to monitor your heart, are you going to monitor your heart this year? Above all else, will you do that? Guard your heart. Then number two, monitor. Number two, monitor. Number two, monitor where your heart hides. Monitor where your heart hides. Look at what the the author of Hebrews says in verse 39. He says, we're not going to be those people who 
draw back to destruction. We're not going to pull back and hide in destructive places. But we are of those. There's two categories of people here. There's a category of people who draw back to destruction. And there are those who have faith to the saving of the soul. Faith to the saving of the soul. Now, he's given us an insight to, to the way our hearts work. He, he's like, there are going to be times this year when your heart's going to need to draw back. Your heart's going to need a hiding place. He's like, but please don't, please don't hide your heart in places that are going to harm you. Now, I'll preach more about this on Wednesday night, but... My heart needs a hiding place. Which text tells me that my heart needs a hiding place again? Hebrew Christians were at a tipping point. They, they had started out so strong, but their, their faith had kind of wilted it. They were in danger of failed faith. I mean, all these Hebrew systems and sacrifices and offerings, that's all they knew. They, they were, you know, the popular religion was, was Judaism, and now Christianity came along. It's kind of a cult. It's like, oh, my goodness, uh, we've never seen anything. Where's the temple? Where's the priest? And there is no temple. There is no, and so they're really attacked. They're really persecuted for, for their faith. And the question arises among the Hebrews. It's like, do you, are you going to keep your confidence? Are you going to be able to get through this? Where are you going to go when the trouble comes? Because, church, the, tr- the, the, tr- the trouble is going to come. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to hide your heart when the trouble comes? Because the children of Israel said, we want to go back to Egypt. Hide us back there in the slavery because we're familiar with that. At least we know, you know, what's going to happen there. We, this, this, we don't know what's going to happen. Their plan was to hide their hearts in the camp of the enemy. Now, everybody has a hide. Am I- what do you mean hide your heart in the camp of the enemy? What are you talking about? I, I'm, I'm having a hard time following this guy. Is it okay to you today? Everybody, every heart has a hiding place. Every heart has an emotional. It does. Where does the Bible talk about these heart hiding places? A spiritual refuge. I don't know if you remember membership class, but Beck says she tells a story about when she just ran away to Florida because she didn't think you liked her that much. She just ran away. Florida was her hiding place. And then we talk about the time, you know, when I ran away because I knew you didn't like me. And I, I you know, but, but I ran away into, into depression. See, the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 114, he said, he said I'm going to reset my heart and I'm going to hate what's double-minded. And then he says, you are my hiding place in my shoes. You are my hiding place and my shield. I, I, I don't know that this story has as much to do with, but when, when we were kids, we played this game called Hit with the you, you do know the Psalms are like poetic language and expressions there. I don't know if you've ever played that game. It's like chase, but you played it with a tennis ball and, and you had to count to 100 and everybody ran to find a hiding place. And were- yeah, notice the shield he's not taking literally. The hiding place, yes. Now we're extrapolating that to every heart has one, you know. In a lot of new houses in our in our neighborhood, and so most of the games took place in these unfinished construction projects, these residences. And my friend Rodney, I'll never forget this. One day, my friend, my friend, you know, he hid up in the attic of a two story home. There was no sheetrock; you could see right through the rafters. So I came into the house and I saw him up there hiding in the attic because there were no I could I could see. So I'm getting ready to throw at him, you know, and he's trying to dodge the rafters, and he just jumps out of the attic. 
into the, into the floor of the, he crashes right through the plyboard, goes all the way into the bottom floor and lands in a bathtub in the master suite, you know, and you know, he had, we took him to the hospital and he was okay, but, but where he hid led to destruction. (laughs) See, I had to work that in there. Yeah, that was really clever. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Where you hide your heart has a whole lot to do with the capacity of your dreams. <laughs> what? So uh, how big is your dream capacity? Well, it depends on where you're hiding your heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what this means. You've had to hide their heart when, when, when it became untrue, when their conscience condemned them. They couldn't draw near to God anymore because their heart wasn't true. And I'm just going to tell you as, as kindly as I can, if your heart is holding on to willful sin into the new year, don't expect to feel close to God. Yeah, um, the solution to sin is repentance, recognizing it to be sin, and confessing it saying, Lord, forgive me, I have sinned against you. Trusting that Jesus has bled and died for those sins because Scripture says that he has. And then bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. So you're bringing up sin here and saying, oh, don't expect those 2018 dream blessing thingies if you got the sin stuff going on. But you're not actually helping people understand um, the solution to sin, which is found in Christ. Elijah had to hide in a cave because Jezebel wanted him dead. God, you know, God protected Elijah from the 450 prophets of Baal. But one woman, one woman said, I'm going to get you, Elijah. And, and, and he got blockage in his heart and he hid in a cave. He hid. I never heard the text that said that Elijah had heart blockage. Do, do you all remember that part of scripture? I don't see it in, in first or second Kings. Maybe it's in second, no, fourth hesitations. Yeah, that's where I think it is. Away from his calling. He didn't experience victory because he hid in the wrong place. And can I just preach to you this morning that if your heart disengages your calling, don't expect a lot from the dreams that you're going to, it's not going to be. Yeah, so if your heart disengages your calling, uh, you can't expect the dream thing. Yeah, no. I don't know what he's saying, but I mean, I, I don't know what exactly I'd be missing out on. Because he's not actually making any lucid sense. But it sounds bad, and I, I wouldn't want that outcome. No, I want better outcomes than this, you know. Good year for you. Gideon had to hide in the wine press until God called him out of that. I'm just trying to give you the principle of God's word, and it's simply this. Our instinct is to find a hiding place from the battle, but God is offering us a hiding place in the battle, in him, where you hide. Right, you need an in-battle hiding place. Those are so much better than the out-battle ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not just a place that you can feel safe. It's where your soul feels convinced and assured and nourished, and you can have the assurance of faith to the saving of, of, of your soul. Oh, church, I'm about to go. You are too, right? We're going to go on this fast. And, you know, if you go without food for a long time, you start having physical effects. Beck's been in a really bad mood the last couple of three weeks because she hadn't eaten any sugar at all. And it's just really, it's just a crazy thing that does to her when she doesn't eat any any sugar. You have a physical effect. When, when some of, there are some people who are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and filled with the Holy Spirit, but their dreams stay so small simply because they are 
not regularly eating of the bread of life or drinking of the, of the water of life. And when the trouble comes, they draw back to destruction. When the trouble comes, they turn away from the opportunity for victory and they try to handle trouble in places that... Are- you don't want to turn away from opportunity for victory. Oh, that, yeah, bad outcome there, yeah. Harmful for them. I don't know if you saw that movie, The Greatest Showman, about P.T. Barnum. It was, a, it was a musical. How did I not know it was a musical? I wouldn't have gone, but I did go. And, 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 and when Barnum, he got in a fight with his wife, and then the circus burned down. And where did he go? Where did he take his heart when the, the trouble came? Well, he went right to the bar. He went right to the alcohol. He went right to the self pity. And church, I know that you're going to be busy and it's going to be hectic, but I'm telling you, you will find time to hide your heart somewhere. And I've come to ask you today not to hide your heart in blame, not to hide your heart in shame, not to hide your heart in self-sufficiency or pornography or, or past experiences. Don't hide your heart in food. Don't hide your heart in the words of a coach or a friend. These are bad places to hide your heart. You got to find a good hiding place. Parent or a spouse, don't hide your heart behind fake smiles on Sunday morning or wardrobes. I've come to ask you to hide your heart in the rock who is higher than you, in the stronghold that is your safe place. Right. I I need a safe space. Jesus is my safe space. If I can, I'm going to time... My observation about last year is that a lot of people, a lot of Christians hid their heart in offense. I blame it on the politics. But I was listening to Bill Johnson teach on this and he said, offense is counterfeit anointing. Uh Uh-huh. He's quoting Bill Johnson now, yeah. I decided not to hide there anymore. But it is. Think about it. He's, he's like, it, offense makes you feel something that, that almost feels spiritual. It, something needs to be done. It, it, it brings, offense brings a power to your soul. It activates your convictions. And can I just, religious spirits and political spirits bring great opportunity for the people of God to live in offense. Those two spirits, I mean, that's Dallas, that's Texas. Those two spirits will make you suspicious of one another. It will make- Right, yeah. Uh, what does this have to do with Hebrews 10? You know, you, you had such a great text that was supposed to be what the sermon's about, and uh, the greatness of that text has been eclipsed by the absurdity of your, this nonsense. You put false hope forward; it will it will give you a, a wrong anticipation about how you're going to get to the to the future. Yeah how how are you going to get to the future? I you know I'm curious. This is a very appealing hiding place. All yeah yeah very, it, it, as hiding places go. I mean, this one looks legit, but it probably isn't. You know years in ministry. I've seen people, you know, they minister to the poor, how easily offended they are at the wealthy. 
Or people who minister to the wealthy, they're easily offended at the unemployed. Or, or people, you know, people who minister to the older saints are easily offended at the young. And, and the young people are easily offended. At, at, and, and I'm just saying, if you choose to hide your heart in offense, you will never activate the anointing that is intended to come. Yeah, whatever. Don't don't live in the offense because you you're active. You're anointing activation stuff. Yeah, it, it, you know, it can't happen. I don't know what that means, but wow, that sounds terrible. You you don't want that happening to you. You from someone else that you're in relationship with. See, that's a whole other teaching. I'll get to that at some point. But I don't know if you've noticed that when you're in right relationship with someone, what gets imparted to them actually comes to you as a benefit. Hmm. Those people are saying, "Oh, this is so good." No, there's, he's not, he's saying words. This is blue sleeps faster than Tuesday stuff. <laughs> None of this is biblical. I don't know what he's blathering on about, but man, he sure does sound impassioned, you know? Psalm 61 says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you, Lord. Give me some music. Come on, I'm whining. We're landing this. For you. Have All right. Yeah, yeah, he just called the praise band up to begin the manipulation stuff. Shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. Jeremiah 31 says, For I satiate the, the weary soul, and I replenish every languishing soul. Jesus said, Come to me when you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you, I'll give you rest. Trouble's gonna come. Trouble, I don't need, I don't need to be a prophet to tell you. Trouble's trouble's going to come and there's an enemy who is roaring and he seeks to devour you. But here's how to resist him. Resist him by hiding your heart in Jesus. Yeah, you, you just hide it. You know, take your heart and and, and then you, you hide it. I, I don't know what this means, but sounds like you, this is the secret, man, to unlocking your dreams. You got to hide Take your, your heart out and then, you know, hide it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's clear as mud, you know. Yourself some devotional songs, right? I mean, just, just, just show me your glory. Put that on repeat in your soul for, for this week, right? I, I mean, get you a good devotional book. Get you some praise language. Get you some friends who are willing to take your phone call when, you, when you're going to hide your heart in depression or, or, or whatever. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, yeah. Way to go. The righteous run to it. Indeed, yes. They, you know, flock like ducks and stuff. So at the beginning of 2018, reset your heart and monitor where your heart's going to go. Yeah, you need a heart monitor and you need to hit reset. Don't know how to do any of those things, but yeah, you know, he... He's a pastor. He said so. So that was that means God wants you to do this stuff. I think. I know some of you are probably facing big trouble right now, and I'm just telling you where you go with the trouble right now determines the scope and the magnitude of your of your dreams. And then there's just one more, number three: monitor your hope. Monitor your hope. So you need a heart monitor and a hope monitor. Yeah. Can I buy an app for that that will do the hope monitoring thingy? Monitor your hope. Cue sappy music. This is an emotional manipulation technique designed to create the false impression. God, the Holy Spirit's now descending on the audience. 
working with them to make decisions and stuff. There's important things that got to happen, you know, here, heart monitoring, hope monitoring and things like that. You know, I don't know what it means, but ooh, it sounds important to prevent bad dream destiny outcome stuff, you know, because of the blockage thingy. Um, Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast our, our confession of hope without wavering for... Yeah, our confession of hope is an eternal life because of the forgiveness of sins in Christ. See the earlier reference in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. He who promised is faithful. Psalm 119, 114 says, I hope in your word that I might live. Do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Hold me up and I'll, I'll be safe. Only thing I notice about this is that there's a difference between having hope and hope. I cannot believe there are people there at this mega church, for this is where Cindy Jacobs goes to church, who are literally taking notes. Good luck figuring those ones out. I'll just preach that to this side over here. There's a difference between having an anchor of hope for your soul and hoping. And, and the people of God, if there's anything that we could offer a world like this, we need to offer hope. Not just that they would have it, but that we would show them what it looks like. You know, faith is the evidence of things hoped for. So what evidence? Right. Eternal life, forgiveness of sins, stuff like that. Is there in you that your hope is active? Is it? What are you saying? What are you thinking? What are you dreaming? Put some evidence to you. Yeah. What are the evidence? What's the evidence of your dreaming? Yeah. This is just, this guy's a waterless rain cloud. Words with nothing to do with what scripture actually says. We're not even hearing from God. Not even close. To your hope. Um, okay, I'm done. Thank the Lord. <laughs> oh, that was a tough road. Yeah, why am I not surprised? I, you know, <sighs> wow. So there you go. Uh, today's episode, we dealt with um, all these different instances where people are claiming to be hearing from God, the Holy Spirit, and they're all contradicting each other, including Cindy Jacobs' pastor. Go figure. What can we conclude from that? I mean, what are we to do? How do we decide? How are we going to navigate this thorny problem when all these people claiming to hear directly from God are contradicting each other? Real simple. None of them are hearing from God. You want to hear from God? Open up God's Word. Read it in context. Rightly exegete it. Pay attention to how it points us to Christ. How it confronts you with your own sinfulness. And placards Jesus as the solution for that problem of your sin, which does separate you from God. Mm -hmm. Christ and him crucified for our sins is really the thesis and whole point of all of Scripture. The one thing we never seem to hear about from people who claim to be hearing directly from God, the Holy Spirit. Strange, isn't it? All right, we're at the end of another edition of Fighting for the Faith. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there at Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ. It's vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.